What's happening? It's Contrast Uncut, presented by Bobby D Presents. It's season two, episode 13. Man, I have a really important special guest today. I'm talking about, it's probably the king of A&Rs. Like, I've been doing what I've been doing, and, and he came in and, and educated me within seconds. Like, I appreciate this brother. Now I have the ability to have him on my show today. I got Mr. I mean, if you want to be involved in some billboard plaques or some real plaques, you need to get involved with, with this gentleman right here. I mean, this is Jay Bellamy, diaper goat management in the motherfucking house. How you doing, bruh? My brother, pleasure, pleasure, pleasure and honor, my brother. Yeah, same here, bruh. Same here. Through all this epidemic, man, we still, I say epidemic, but it's really a pandemic. Like, man, we're still figuring ways to smile and, and keep the good vibes going. Music is medicine. Got to. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I feel like you one of them pharmacists in the music is medicine analogy. You, you just filling up prescriptions with this stuff. <laughs> my brother, I, I thank God for everything that, that I've been able to do. It's under, it's under his guidance, man, that, that we are able to do the things that we're able to do. Even with even with the name Diaper Goat, people under, they don't understand where that name comes from, and that actually comes from um, my daughter, my Uri. Um, my mother and father-in-law, they have my in-laws. They have a farm, and they had a barn where all the animals went into at nighttime. Well, that barn had a had an electrical fire. That entire barn burned down. The only thing that survived was that goat, and the goat's real name was Prissy. Black and white goats still have it to this day. Goat's name was Prissy. So my daughter would bring the goat in the house when I would go on business trips. And eventually it became, it stayed in the house. So it was pooping all over the floor and they eventually put a diaper on it. People stopped calling the goat Prissy and they started calling it diaper goat. So when it was time to uh, create this business, because I had another business before, but when it was time to create this business specifically for the producers, I asked my my daughter, I said, what do you think I should name it? She's like, I know, we'll name it after Prissy. I said, we're going to call it Prissy Management? She's like, no, we're going to call it Diaper Goat. And I was like, Diaper Goat? I was like, nah. And then I was like, wait a minute. It is kind of catchy. We'll be the only people in the hip-hop industry with a name like Diaper Goat. And stand out. Yeah, we, we stood out, man. Got the logo, the diaper coat, we got the hoodies, we got jackets. So, you know, it, it's been a blessing, man. And, and it's been one of those names that you you, you won't forget, man. And that's it's organic, grass rooted. Yeah, and, and I always say, man, God blesses fools and children, man. So I was able to be blessed, you know, through God's God's creation, God's gift to me, which is one of my daughters. Man, man, bro. Let me give you your flowers now for being a dedicated dad. Everyone that's a father that comes on my show, I got to make sure I shout you out for being a dedicated father because that is not easy, number one. That is not, number two, it's not even in the like minds of what we do to create time for certain things. And as right. a parent and you giving these stories, you're creating time. And I got to take my hat off and, and I appreciate you, brother. That's that's incredible. Let that shit, I guess, like, it's incredible. So let me go ahead and get Appreciate your show on the road, man. I got a quote for you, and I want you to weigh in on the quote. Let me know how it relates to you or if it doesn't relate to you. Okay. All right, so I have a quote for you. All right, go ahead, my brother. The future belongs to those who prepare for it today. 
Malcolm X. You're breaking up on me, my brother. Oh, okay, I'm say it again, I apologize. Uh, the future belongs to those who prepare for it today. Malcolm X. Got it. How does that relate? What's to your you? question about that? How does it relate to you? How does that relate to me? Oh, man, it just goes back to some things that uh, my pastor used to tell me all the time. He used to say, Bill, he said, you got to plan your work and then work your plan. And that was preparation for the future. Tell anybody, whether it's an artist or a producer, um, I deal with a lot of artists. I deal with, definitely deal with a lot of producers. And they make a lot of money. I said, if you're preparing what to do after you get the money, you're going to be broke. You're gonna, it's going to happen every time. He said, oh, man, I got three, four, five hundred thousand coming in. It's like, all right, it'll be here on Tuesday. It's like, all right, it get here on Tuesday. And then you're like, what I'm going to do? Like, uh, I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And you're going to try to get everything done with that money in one day because you didn't plan. You didn't plan. So you, you end up being, you end up being broke. I always relate everything to money. money. Well, way in life, Warriors to win, they plan for that war years and months before that war has even been embarked embarked upon. Every general. So that's that that says a lot to me. That that that's embedded in my brain. I'ma always prepare for I'ma always be prepared for the worst. Even if I'm going into a meeting, everybody plans for oh it's gonna go smooth. AC, no I always try to put um, pitfalls in my in my brain. What if he says this? What if it goes this way? How can I bring it back here? What if this happens? So I expect the worst and I hope for the best, but I also plan to deal with either either which way it goes. You know what I'm saying? You're doing something that a lot of people need to do more of. You're rehearsing before you go in there. You're taking the time to say, hey, this may go this way, this may go that way, but I'm gonna be prepared for it no matter what. So you rehearse these moments. You're prepared by rehearsing and that, that's a testament to your success. 100%. No, that's incredible. That leads me to my next segment. My next segment is, did the game choose you or did you choose the game? And essentially, I'm just trying to find the origin story of how, how you got into it. How did you become Mr. A&R, Mr. You got to go through you to a degree to get some of these plaques. Oh, man. I just say, and I don't really call myself an a, a A&R. Um, like, I would say, I don't know. It's kind of like we both chose each other at the same time. That's good. You know, we both chose each other at the same time because I would sit in college and in my dorm room and I would look at Puff, I would look at Jay, I would look at uh, Rap City, Big Ticket in the basement. I would look at all these different cash money, steal five, I would look at everything, bro. And I'd be like, yo, I would, I would look at everything they were doing wrong, you know? And I said, you know, if I ever got my opportunity to get in, I would take all these things that they're doing all right, continue to do them, and then I would take the things that I see that were not so right or left the center, and then I would take them and make them my own. You feel what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And so, in doing so, yeah, in, in, in doing so, 
it's kind of been a lifelong journey to to get to this point uh, in my career. It's, 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 it's been something that started in high school. Um, I've had the privilege of starting with um, a juvenile. My my partner, my business partner is Juvenile's original manager. So I've been around that for years. So being able to see 24 million records being sold with one individual is a blessing to, to have been around. Um, the BGs coming up uh, has been a blessing to been to have dealt with. I've A&R albums for Bone Crushing. A&R albums for Pastor Troy. Uh, these are older guys, and I, I know not the young guys, and they're not gonna remember these guys. But that was a blessing, and to, and to also have watch Cash Money um, put out so many bodies of work over the years, and now I sit in the rooms with these guys. I have we have a couple artists signed to Cash Money right now, so that's a blessing. We have producers that are in-house producers for Cash Money right now and to be able to pick the minds of a, of a Birdman and a Slim. You know, I hear a lot of controversy about these guys. I'm paying attention to that. I sit into the room with these guys. These guys are geniuses, man. These guys are geniuses. business. I sit back. Yeah, it's, it's, it's business, man. So don't, don't, don't believe the hype. When you hear that other stuff, man, don't believe the hype. Bro, people gotta these realize guys, that stuff is none of our business. It, it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with you. My name is not on any of those contracts that are being disputed. Your name is not any of those contracts being disputed. It's none of your concern. It's not my concern. Man, let it go. <laughs> that's what's wrong. That's what's wrong with people in, in, in the business now. Everybody wor is worried about other people's business, and it's even if you knew, it's not gonna make you any money. It's not gonna pay you. So worry about the things that's gonna be lucrative to you. So being in another man's business is not lucrative to you. And where I come from, being in another man's business is deadly. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, facts. Yeah, facts. so, and, and and on a professional side, it's deadly in court, and on the street side, it's deadly in the street. So mind your business. Man, it kill off everything that's, you got going, trying to dig your nose into something that's not supposed to go down. Has nothing to do with any any of us, bro. So back to progress, back to progress. So, so man, when I, you were, when I, were you a part of Back That Ass Up? My business partner, which is Juvie's original manager, been in his uh, manager for 25 years. I've been with him from day one. I He picked me up when I was 17, 18. So from that time until now, I've been around. Wow. So I've dealt with, I've dealt with trying to I've dealt with trying to break new artists. I've dealt with existing artists and anything in between. And what I found out was it was the, the difficulty in breaking the new artists is everybody's trying to find this key. How do I get more streams? How do I get more visibility on YouTube? How do I, how do I do this? How do I do that? Because when you go into the label, the first thing you'll say is what the numbers look like. What is this YouTube? What labels realize later on in life is that those YouTube numbers did not translate into sales. They were signing everything. Oh, he got 20 million views on YouTube. Or he has so many million followers. And then when they tried to put that out, it didn't work. I'm not going to call artists out. It just didn't translate into sales. So I was having such a hard time trying to break an artist on my own. So 
I said, okay, cool. So I came up with the ideology. Let's get with producers. Producers control the sound. So you can control the sound and you can control the artist. You can control the artist. And you got the labels. The labels have to deal with you because you have the sound that they're looking for. The artist has a relationship with the producers and then they, they build a bond and they have the producers that they're looking for. And if you have the producers that have the bond with the artists and the artists, have, the label's gonna have to deal with you. So, and then the next thing is, we wanted to build a boutique home for producers, because producers are the first people to give up ever getting screwed over. And they can't really blame the label. They have to really look at themselves because right. what better person to be educated about your business but you? A lot of them don't understand publishing, what points are. They just know to say, yeah, I want three points. Well, what does three points mean? 3%, 3% of what? <laughs> yeah, like, what is it? I, I, I want to own, I, I want 50% of three points. Okay, 50%. I don't know. You have to break it down what it is for each guy and what that means for you on a monetary aspect. And so what we wanted to do is protect these guys because producers are seriously one of the most important, one of the most important factors to me. I tell people this, go into a club, you got your favorite song playing, take away the beat and just lead the acapella. Do we still have a party? No, we don't have a party anymore. Go to your favorite club, take away the acapella, lead a beat. Do we still have a party? Yeah. Yes, it's we part do. Of house music. So who's more important? The person spitting? Right. So who's more important at that time? The person spitting or the person that produced what he was spitting on? The producer. So I Every think time. as a whole, I would love to see the hip hop I would love to see the hip hop community. I would love to see, and I think the hip hop community does respect producers. Just I want I want to see their respect grow within the industry because producers really get to show them the stick as a whole. So what we we wanted to text these guys, and I know a lot of labels when they deal with me when I when when I negotiate for these guys and I negotiate numbers and you know they'll tell me they'll say hey we don't have the budget for this we only want to pay X amount of dollars so you know his price is this, and then they'll say uh, well. Let me go back and see what we can do. And then they'll come back, nah, we can't go up. I said, okay, cool, no problem. And they're like, okay, so you wanna do this deal for this amount? No. You're not gonna do this deal? No. Right. We're just gonna take we're just gonna take it off the playlist. I understand. It's business. I, I definitely get it. If it's not in the budget, I definitely understand. But this is his price. And then they're looking like, is your producer okay with this? My producer. Our producers picked us for management, so they trust in what we what we do. We agreed to manage them because we, we believe in their talent. We both, it's a marriage. We both believe in each other's decision. He says, this is not the right beat for this artist. I agree with him. If I say this is not the right decision, this is not the right direction you want to go in, he believes in me, you know? Right. And so if it doesn't happen, let's say it didn't happen and the producer loses out on a couple grand. Yo, I really needed a couple grand for that, man. That, 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 you know, no problem. Gotcha. 
I'm never going to make a decision that's going to crash mm. monetarily. You're not going to lose respect. You're not going to lose in, in any kind of integrity because everything that I do is going to be business. It's never going to be personal. I'm never going to make a personal decision. And it's always for the best. Never. It. Yeah. It's, it, and it's it's never for me. I've, I've made decisions for producers that I was like, ah, you know, it's a better decision for him than it is for me. And my responsibility as somebody that, I say mine because I deal directly hands-on with him, but it's it's a us. But my responsibility when I deal directly hands-on with him is to make the best decision for him or her right? or them as a collective. It's not about me. They're first, I'm second. So I really focus on that. And, and you know, a lot, a lot of labels, man, when they see Diaper gold on the email. It's like, oh man, this guy. But at the end of the day, it's it's all love. It's nothing personal. You know, when they meet me, they understand. Like, oh man, you're not, you're not a bad guy. Like, no man, it's just business. When you see email, it's people's tone based on the email. And then when you meet them, it's like, yo, you don't seem like the same person behind <laughs> that email. Yeah. You know. Well, bro, you know, I'm gonna be honest. A lot of the reasons I'm, why I'm a regular guy, but I'm I'm still business. If I was friends and play basketball on each other, if we if we if we on opposite teams and, and you there? Yeah, yeah. I had a little bit of an internet issue, but we're good. We're good. You good? Yeah. Uh, but I was going to tell you, but one of the main reasons why I have you on my show today is because I interview a lot of producers, and the reason why I interview them is because they take the canvas that's blank, blank. Right. and they start to paint. And when they paint on there, they put all these different sounds, it's all different things, and they give enough room for the artist to come on there and throw their paint on there, and then now we got a masterpiece. And a lot of people forget that, you know, just how you said it earlier with the analogy of taking away the beat and you just got someone on their acapella, you got a conference, you got a convention, you don't have a party. And I'm just, you know, that's that's the reason why I have you on the show. I appreciate you bringing that up. Right. So as the game chose you and you continuously chose the game back, and you continuously did the things that are right. There's something that happens in this game is that they say the one thing people got fucked up is that there's no nice people in this game. You got, you know, that's just something I've heard over and over again. And you got yourself that's here that's to, you know, make that right a wrong or right and and do something. Say that again, my brother. Say that again. Say that again. Man, you over here making wrongs right, man. You you standing up for the people. Say, 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 right. Oh, uh, you want me to start back over? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, say that. Say that. The last part you said. So uh, the big reason why I have you on the show is because you're you're. Uh, damn, I forgot what the hell I was saying. <laughs> uh, making wrongs right. Yeah, no, no, you make wrongs right in the industry. A lot of the time people got, they have this uh, persona that people are gonna do good things for them. And the reality is a lot of them don't. Once they have 
ability, they own master rights holding, they do what they want to do, unfortunately. And then you got gentlemen like yourself that are, are standing up and making that wrong of doing what people want to do and getting it back to the right of doing what needs to be done right. And bro, I got to take my hat off to you because a lot of people, bro, they stutter step on that. They want to say stuff that sounds good, but can't deliver. Yeah, it's, I mean, and, it, and it's a lot, man. It's, as in any industry, there's a, there's a lot of embellishment in any industry. And you just learn to expect that. Um, but we, we, we do we do our best, man. Um, I think I was watching um, one, of our, one of our producers, uh, Drum Dummy. I'm pretty sure you're familiar with Drum Dummy. He's done a lot for NBA Youngboy. He did. Um, he tagged me on a on a on a um, post on Instagram that uh, P from QC from Quality Control did, and they were talking about um, um, how hard it was to be managers. And they were he was uh, he told me to watch it, and I looked at it. Was P was talking about how managers start at the bottom and build these guys up to the top, and then once they get up to the top, they leave them and they and they jump ship. You feel happened me? To me. It's happened yeah. to me. <laughs> so, um, one of the things that I want to, I want to, I want to speak on that is, and I'll tell anybody this is, if man start out with with nothing, bro, like you a blank canvas, and man, when somebody signs on as, as your manager, that basically means that they put you before they put their entire family. That's a fact. I got my wife in the next room. She'll tell you. When you sign up to be somebody's manager, you put, that means you're putting their well-being before your family and your own. And it is a long road, bro. I've went from zero to a hundred to zero to a hundred. I'm in a great place these days. Cause I, <laughs> I learned, I learned what not to do can't help everybody Man, but the biggest thing is right that there. i tell this to artists i tell this to anybody that right what i tell this to artists I tell this to producers if you have somebody willing to put their life on the line for you think twice before you decide to remove them from your life think about all the things that they sacrificed to help you get there i can tell you stories about guys that didn't have anything were homeless no car no nothing that collectively we've helped over time to do great things. And they'll act as if nothing has ever happened for them from your end. You feel what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So the same loyalty, I tell you all the time, the same loyalty that I that we put into you, put back into us. Because it's our loyalty combined together that creates greatness. It's not me by myself it's not you by yourself it's not our team by itself it's all of us together and that's what i would love to see the community you know do as far as with their man if you got a bad manager you got a bad manager i can't i can't help i can't help you with that <laughs> but if you have a halfway decent manager and you've seen progression in in your lifestyle brother take time to sit back and rethink your decisions I, I say that a lot because there's a lot of great managers out there, bro. And I, I've I've heard the horror stories. And I, as I was watching P talk about that, and I'll send you the link. I was watching P talk about that on Instagram, and I'm like, 
Yeah, he's right, man. A lot of times the managers get the short end of the stick at the end of the day. The label will never get the short end of the stick because they own you. But managers, a lot of times they get the short end of the stick because they got you there. So, you know, guys get so, um, you know, guys get so quick to, you know, want to jump ship when things start running slow. Like, ah, man, I got to bounce over here. No, you don't. It's called weathering a storm. Everybody, every day is not going to be your best day, but every day is not going to be your worst day. My pastor used to always tell me, he said, man, look, when you're in a bad funk, remember, it's meantime, not lifetime. This is not, this is not for a lifetime. This is just for right now. You just got to hold on, keep doing what you know to do, keep driving. You're going to get out and you're going to see sunnier days. But you got to remember, those sunny days are not forever either. So while you see those sunny days, enjoy it, stack your money. Don't go out here and buy a Lambo truck a G-Wagon, uh, a AMG this, a GT2RS that, any of those things, you understand? Like, be mindful because you, like, look at the pandemic that we're in right now. How many how many artists do you think are crying right now? Shit, probably half of them. Think about it this way. If you had $2.5 million worth of front-end deposits for a tour, and that touring company refunded all those people back. You were spending money knowing that in a couple weeks or a month, I got two and a half million on the front end coming in. So you buying all kinds of stuff. Like, ah, I got two, I can I can float this, I can do that, whatever. And then all of a sudden, coronavirus is like, nah, dude, shut it down. You got to get that back. Now what? You just balled out too hard over here. Now what? Right, right. Now what? So it's about it's a it's a lot about balance, man, and and understanding that there are highs and lows. When you're high, enjoy the high. I'm not saying don't buy things you don't like. Enjoy the high, but save for a rainy day because you're gonna have lows again. Nobody stays up here forever, bro. And even if they're there successfully, they have they have maintained financial success for forever or for. You know, for the last 20 or 30 years, that's great. But there are other type of pitfalls. There could be emotional, mental pitfalls that come. And then you have to deal with those. Even the greats have problems on the, on the day-to-day. I want to bring up something because you said that Kobe Bryant is, you know, once he passed away, he was like an idol to right. me. But a lot of the stuff came out about what did he idolize during his time. And when the times right. were slow, the times were hard. He used to always say that, you know, you got to enjoy these times the most because you won't get this back. Not this feeling. You may get something else like it because you made a decision that got you back there. But this next one is going to be worse or something else. And it's important to slow down and appreciate it so that you can continue to grow. And everything you're telling me, bro, it just makes me attest to what Kobe said that, you know, you got to enjoy it, whether you got your high or your low, so that, you know, you can appreciate everything. Right. I mean, it's kind of like I could say it like this. Like um, one of one of a friend of mine, man, he drives a, a exotic car, and he told I said, "Dude, I said, man, this is a lot of money to pay for a car, bro." He's like, "Yeah." He said, "It's just for right now, bro." He said, "You know what though?" He said, "I get this car washed every, you know, every week or every so often or whatever." And he says, "You know what I enjoy about this car?" He said, well, he said, I just enjoy the conversations that it brings. And I was like, what? He's like, 
So many people are attracted to this car and they're thinking that they're going to get a certain type of person out of me, you know, a pretentious person or, or something like that. And I end up meeting so many cool people. He said, I meet a lot of, a lot of pricks too. He said, but I end up meeting so many cool people. And he said, I value the relationships that I made from having this type of car than more so than I value the car. And he said, yeah, you get a lot of rich people come talk to you. He said, I'm not talking about those guys. He said, I'm just talking about regular kids riding a bicycle down the street or regular blue collar guys that just walk by. I was like, yo, what kind of car is that? Or man, that's cool. And just having regular conversation with regular people. He said, man, just a regular conversation with a guy. He asked, you know, asked him what he did. He's like, man, um, he was a plumber. Now this guy ends up right. He has such a great relationship with this guy. This guy ends up ends up plumbing. I think he has my, my partner has about 70, 80 properties. He ends up plumbing plumbing for two of his apartment buildings. His company grew from having him and his two sons. Now he has 40 employees now. A conversation about his car led to that. And so as I've gotten older, right, as I've gotten older now, and I digress back to music, I actually value the relationships. You know? I, I value relationships. I'm not we do we we do want to get paid. We of course we want to get compensated, but I value great relationships. I actually call out to some of these A and R's that I deal with on a regular basis. Um, yo, hey, yo, how, how's such and such your daughter doing? How's how's little Danny doing? Yeah, remember last time we talked? He had his essay. He had to read in front. Of, how was that? Like I remember these things. I'm not just talking to you and like okay, cool, give me my check, keep it moving. You know, some people I'm like that with, but for the most part, I'm. I'm really genuine about the conversations that I have, you know? Right, right. And you I know, like that's a common denominator for success is having relationships. Because, right. you know, if you think you're going to become the world's biggest thing and burn every bridge, you got to realize you don't have to outsource to anything. Like, right. about a year and a half ago, I was managing a place for a long time and I right. quit just on some, you know, spirit and, and things not going right. And right. I, you know, I started doing all these side jobs and getting, I went, go to the BT awards, all these things are happening for me. And I'm trying to figure right. out I'm at a fork in the road. But this right. whole process, I'm working with an older gentleman that keeps on saying, the number one thing you need to focus on is your relationships. And he drilled my head, drilled my head every time I work with this guy. And as I've gone through everything, that has been the number one thing to why I have success. Why the people I'm interviewing have success is because right. of that common denominator. Right. So I, I'm just, you know, I'm attesting to what you're saying and, and putting a little, like, just keeping it 100. So, and, and, and that's, and, and that's, and that's all, that's all it's about, you know. And the thing about people always say, hey, I'm 100, I'm 100. Man, let me explain about the number 100. 100 is based, people saying being 100 is based on situations for 99.9% .9 of the time. If it's easy for them to be 100, they'll be 100 if being 100 is going to make them uncomfortable or they're going to lose more than they gain nine times out of 13 they're not going to be 100 they're going to be 85 <laughs> they're going they're going to be like 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 uh like gas station what they got 89 93 octane not they're going to be 89 93 96 whatever the octane is that they're going to be that but they're not going to be 100 it's just what it is yeah, you know, and I try my I try my best to be a solid dude. And a lot of times, I just had this conversation with a with a uh, with a good friend of mine, and 
uh, yesterday, and we both said the same thing. I will pay. I will. Even though I, I know I don't owe you, if you feel like I owe you, just to keep it a buck, I'll give it to you. Because I don't want no smut on my name. Here. I'm not going to argue with you. Yo, man, I thought you was going to do that. Here. But after that, you can't come back. I'm good with you. You good with me. But we just done on business. You know? Right. I don't have time for that. Because at the end of the day, you can have... You can be worth a hundred, two hundred million dollars, but if you if you a dickhead, man, it doesn't matter. Nobody wants to do business with you. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Right. I've seen guys with five dollars in their pocket on any given Sunday, and they can deal with anybody, and everybody wants to deal with. So I would rather be that guy than the rich guy that nobody wants to deal with. I just I would rather be that. You know. So let me transition out of this because I mean. I want to give people a chance for one to look up a lot of the stuff you're behind. So I'm gonna go ahead and put a pause on the music and let's get to my awareness segment. And pretty much my awareness segment is about when was the last time you were pulled over? And the whole idea is, you know, the kid awareness out there for people that don't have someone there to, to help them in that time or give them guidance in those situations. So I ask people for their own stories of what happened so that they, you know, they can have a little bit of idea what to do because we're still standing. We're not six feet under. We're not sitting down in a cell, wasting our life. We are able to make good decisions to get ourselves out of it. Right. So you said, when was the last time I was pulled over? Yeah, or maybe a time that sticks out the most to you. Uh, I was pulled over two years ago. I was pulled over two years ago. Um, he wasn't aware. Of, he wasn't aware of my background, uh, but. Uh, he pulled he pulled me over. It was um, a construction zone, and so it wasn't lit. And the, the turning lane was inside the construction zone. It was like 11 o'clock at night, so no construction was going on. And it was another car that made the left to go into our community right there, or going down the street to go into the community. And nothing was said. When I made the left, I was like taking my time and um, to because the pavement was uneven, uneven. I was taking my time because it was a dip. And so in doing so, I guess the guy might've thought I was drunk or whatever. I don't, I have no idea. So the state trooper hit, oh, it wasn't the state trooper, it was the city cop, hit the blue lights. And he said, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm just making a left right here. He said, you know, you in the construction zone. I said, it was a turning lane. So it doesn't have any cones to kind of tell you, you can't go or not to go or go down and make a U-turn and come back. None of that. And uh, he said, well, Pull up a little bit closer, pull up a little bit closer so you can get out this lane. Pull up, pull, now give me your license. You know, he switched up the tone. Like, I said, no problem. He said, here you go. And so he said, um, he's like, you know, you're in a construction zone. I'll be right back. I said, okay. And then he's like, you got any drugs in the car? Like, uh, no. And so he's looking. So then he called two or three other cars and he was like um he was like uh well what was his exact what was his exact words he said he said well the way he said the way you he said the way you was driving I would think otherwise I said think otherwise like what 
And then he was basically like, yo, you getting smart? No, I'm not getting smart. I just asked a question. Think otherwise, like what? He said that you'll be having contraband in the car. So basically what he wanted to do was go for a search. And I was like, basically, I said, you don't have a probable cause. You just told me that you pulled me over because I was in um, uh, a con construction zone. So how does a construction zone pullover lead to a search? No. I said, the only way they can do it is search incident to an arrest. And, and that wasn't happening but I'm aware of laws. They're not expecting me to be up on the law. So what he did was he got my license, he talked to the other cop, and then the other cop said, he's checking for guns. I'm like, why do you have to check me for guns? I asked him, I said, why do you need to check me for any any of that if all, you, all I've done wrong was pulled into a construction zone that another car you just watched made the left turn. And it really wasn't, and it was the end of the construction zone. It was like, <laughs> I really could make the left turn. It didn't say I could, it didn't say I couldn't. No signs posted. Right. So, so he ended up giving me, yeah, he ended up, he ended up, I have a, uh, my driver's license, I have a CDL, I have a truck, nothing else. But my driver's license has a CDL on it. So he, well, my, my license is a CDL. Got so it. he said, they know if you get, if you get four points, then that cancels out the CDL, right? Right. So being in the construction zone automatically gives you appointment. So that would automatically cancel it out. Yeah. So he was like, well, I'm a, he said, you're getting a ticket for, for um, riding the construction, driving in the uh, construction zone, and that's going to be four points in the license. I said, no, why would you do that? And you saw this other car making a left turn doesn't say I couldn't make a left turn. Like, why would that even happen? Like, what, what's what's the, you know what's the point of that? He's like, if 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 me having a CDL was my livelihood, that was the that was how I made my 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 bread and butter. Why would you threaten my entire family over that? Like, what's the reason for it? Right. Think about it. He sees me with a CDL. Oh, you a truck driver? No, I'm not. I have trucks. I do know how to drive. I don't drive. He doesn't know that. Right. But his thing was, yeah, I ain't searching your car, but I'm going to get you some kind of way. I'm going to make sure you don't have a CDL. Bam. Four points. Damn. Of course, I went to court. Audit. Yeah. My father-in-law is an attorney. My wife's a paralegal. Went to court. Come out. No. It's cool. Dismissed. I said, yeah, I said that to say this is education is super important. I try to be educated in any field that I do. Education is just super important. I could have, there's nothing that any cop gonna tell me that I'm not gonna know about the law of a state that I live in. That's just what it is. I'm gonna be educated. I like to say that knowledge is power, but when you use that knowledge, it becomes your superpower. Right. And especially in a moment like that. Right. And a lot of times, like, you know, my wife is like, I call her like the resident genius. Cause she's like, man, my wife knows everything about, man, you couldn't have a conversation about nothing that she wouldn't know something about. And that's stupid. She walking right in front of me. And I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's super, that's super great. Me, I'm one of these guys that I'll know, but I won't say. And, you know, I let it ride and, and I'll just listen and I'll just observe the room and, kind of just read read the area read the layout you know right, right. a lot of people like to come in and uh, assert their dominance with what they know from jump 
And a lot of times that's bad because you 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 don't see the forest for the trees. So what I like to do, I just like to I like I like to listen more, you know. So I I, I try to listen more and pay attention. You know, I can't talk. I'm long winded. However, in business, I like to listen. Right, because you get your thought collective. A lot of people focus on what to respond versus listening. And the shit will go right over your head on what's being said. And that could have been an opportunity. Right. So a lot of times if you listen to somebody, they can they can tell you how to best help them. You know? You know how people say, help me help you. Right. And you know, and and, and listening is something that, you know, I I constantly try to work on, especially in marriage. I, I, Six years, I understand. I'm, I'm working on, yeah, I, 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 you know, a lot of people try to paint the picture they're perfect. I'm not perfect, brother. Uh-uh, not at all. I, I'm still working and still learning on, on how to look. What's your next question you got? So I do this segment called Trading Places. It's like, you know, the Dan Aykroyd okay. and Eddie Murphy movie. And okay. so today, I have two iconic people who are going to trade places, but question number one, will it work? Question number two, what would life be like with it? So for you, my friend, I have DJ Khaled trading places with Paul McCartney. (laughs) Will it work? No. (laughs) You don't think Paul McCartney could do another one? Oh my geez. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know what brother anything's possible let's say that. because I'm a visionary okay, anything's Khaled possible part of the Beatles man DJ Khaled <laughs> I think D- I think DJ Khaled would have would have clashed with Ringo Starr <laughs> he would have clashed with some. he would have clashed with somebody because every every group had this has this ace is numero uno and DJ Khaled is he's he's a big character, you know. He's a big character, you know. And I think it would have clashed with somebody, uh, you know. So it's possible it could have worked, but reality is it wouldn't have worked because the Beatles probably would have been the number one band in the world for so many years. Might not have been the number one band. Might not have been. Reality TV probably would have got started back then. That. That 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 could be that that would have been a, a possibility. That's a, definitely a possibility. Yeah. Man, yeah, do you think uh, do you think Paul McCartney would have did the same thing for his children that DJ Khaled did for his sons with the whole naming the album after their children? I don't know. That's a good question. I say this though. I don't know about I don't know about Paul, but. DJ Khaled, what he did, it, he's a great dad from what I see, because I don't know him. But from what I see, the attention that he pays his children that, that we constantly see that's in the media, you know, it appears that he loves them, you know, genuinely. Oh, yeah, he, um, got to set up a life. he also has involved, yeah, he also has involved them in business, and he is also, um, use their name and likeness to create a brand, not around him, but around them. And that is selfless, not selfish. A lot of people say, oh, it's selfish. Say that one more time. Kids to make money. No, 
that is selfless because he's using them to create a brain for them, not for him. Khaled was already a brand before the kids were born. He's using them to create a brand for them. So therefore, you know how your father's supposed to leave behind a legacy? He's creating a legacy for them to leave behind for their kids without him. You see what I'm saying? He's yeah. created like the legacy was supposed to be him. Now they're the legacy right. for themselves. You see? And they have to grow. So that's right. Yeah, I mean, what 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 parlor do you know that has a, a sneaker deal, bro? Come on, I mean, that I could kid's gonna be my kids, but <laughs> yeah, that kid's gonna those those children are gonna be in mode. They're gonna they guess the parent man. Khaled is the new Kardashian, bro. But DJ Khaled is the new Kardashian. It is what it is. I respect. Yeah. I respect. Yeah. It. I fully fully yeah. support that statement. Yeah, and I and I mean that on the on the positive side, because everybody say Kardashian, they always talk to, talk about the Kardashian curse. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean the positive side of business and brand. That is what I mean. Oh yeah, no. The positive side of doing just that. Yeah. If you yeah. take away if you take away reality TV from the Kardashians and you focus onto their business skills and what their family has done for society, we all shut the fuck up. Yeah, I think, like I said, man, I think a, a lot of a lot of their greatness is clouded by the the, the, the things that, yeah, the hoopla and the things that's surrounded by them. You know, it's like if if you and I if you and I have our own different issues and we go like, uh, you go through a bad breakup, I go through a bad divorce or whatever, the bad divorce for you or whatever. It's like okay, we go through it, keep it moving. But then it's like they're under a microscope, right. and so it's like. Even a perfect place has a blemish if you put it on a microscope. Man, preach, bruh. <laughs> a perfect, a perfect, a perfect face has a blemish on it, man. And so, you know, I, I mean, you look hard enough, you're gonna find what you're looking for. Like, give it a break. Yeah, that's a, that's now that part right there. People need to keep on reminding them that, especially yeah. in relationships in life. But. I'm gonna get to my next part of my segment. It's called uh, Impulse Q and A, and what I got is I got like cards. Uh, they don't pay us, so we don't talk about the name, but they got great questions. And uh, I pull three randomly, and the idea is like you know, like a magic trick, but it's to have fun. So here's question number one: What's the funniest thing you've seen a kid do? Funniest thing I've seen a kid do. Yeah, especially being a dad. I know you've seen some stuff. Oh man, you know, like, um, like I'm I'm from the south, bro. So you be in the country, and like you know, you're in the country, and you're fishing or whatever. You know, no bathroom out there, so you take a piss behind a tree. So I went fishing with one of my partners, and you know, this kid out there, his dad took a piss behind a tree. Man, probably like. A month later, we were out at the mall. He had to go to the go to the bathroom. He took a piss behind a behind a soda machine, like dropped his pants, like right there in the mall. I was like, "What, Bruh, My son does that. <laughs> Your son does that. <laughs> True story. True story. He just did that last week, and he's sick. Bruh, I'm sitting there looking like he's like, uh, "I gotta go." He went behind the soda machine. He just pit. I'm like. No, 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 no. <laughs> this didn't happen. 
Bro, we was that Black was Friday shopping. We was Black Friday shopping, and my son went and pissed behind the uh, the door opening, thinking that no one could see him. Like, it's yeah, a glass yeah. door, son. <laughs> yeah, man. It's crazy, bro. That's funny. All right, question number two. What is the dumbest way you've been injured? Dumbest way I've been injured? Stepped on them um acorn, man. Them shits hurt when you running barefooted, bro. Ooh. Ooh. Oh hell. Feet pain, yeah. bro. They as as yeah. underrated. Yeah, bro. Them shits hurt. I ain't see it, you know, running, you know. And in, in the country oh. again. Yeah, it's retarded, bro. Like I only I, I felt embarrassed just even saying that, man. I mean I was in pain, bro. It's like it's like um stubbing your pinky toe on your on your bedpost. Bro, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, like it's like that, man. It's like it hurts so bad, bro. But you're so embarrassed. You don't even want to say, man. I, like you in pain, but you don't want to say, man. What happened, man? That acorn got me. You don't want to say that, man. Especially when you're known for laying some stuff out. Yeah, you. Yeah, you. That, that little thing got you down and looking like yeah, that. Yeah, you don't want to say that, bro. <laughs> yeah. Question number three. Yeah. Would you rather give up all drinks except for water? or give up eating anything that was cooked in the oven? Um, I'd rather give up all drinks except for water. You can live off water forever. 100%. Every, every drink has water in it. 100%. 100%. Man, you have survived my impulse Q&A. Now I've got to ask you, what are you most excited for coming out? I know that you're a part of a lot of big records, a lot of number one albums with, with a lot of the stuff you have going on with your producers. What's on the horizon that that you're like, man, I can't wait till this hits? I'm excited to see what uh, Drum Dummy and Travis Scott gonna cook up. Mm. Uh, I'm excited to see what, um, what DJ Swift and, and Ali Chapa got. Mm. I'm excited to see um, what Mike Maven has. That's another one produced what Mike Maven has the, the, at, at, in the universal realm with cash money. I'm excited to see what uh, DJ on the beat, he did um, He did season uh, for the City Girls with Lil, featuring Lil Baby. He did that. I'm excited to see what, what um, he's got cooking up. He, he has a big feature coming out. I don't want to, I don't want to I'm definitely excited to see. I'm dealing a lot in the in the Latin world. I'm excited to see uh, Drum Dummy and Yodi Boy and Yango Flow. I'm excited to see what what's going to come out of out of that because he definitely sent them a bunch of heat. And I talked to Yodi yesterday, so we're going we're going to see what happens. I'm really heavy into the Latin market, bro. Like a lot of people don't really know that. Um, broke sound. Yeah, so I'm really heavy in that. So it's it's gonna be some big things to 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 come uh, out of that area with with the guys and, and some other things coming. So just stay stay tuned for that, bro. I gotta ask. So what's your nationality? Are you like Puerto Rican, Dominican? You just nah, a brother from I, the south. I'm a brother from the south, man. Um, uh, <laughs> my wife is Dominican though. Like my her family, her family has adopted me as Dominican. I, I, 
feel like I'm Dominican. Eat Bro, everything. Dominican. You got mannerisms like that. Like you got mannerisms. Yeah. yeah. So now so, I tell you. Yeah. So yeah. And I actually I respect the culture, man. I, I like the, I like the heritage, man, and, and the history behind them. It's like it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of loyalty there. A lot of loyalty. It's big, it's big on loyalty. It's big on. It's big on. It's big on antagonism respect and I, I respect the coach I respect the people in it and I have a you know since being married to her like I you know my children are Dominican so I, I have a lot of I have a lot of uh, Puerto Rican friends a lot of Dominican friends and it's a, it's a cool vibe man just to get to listen to music understand it you know and vibe, and vibe with it you know they've learned a lot from me from the hip hop side and I've learned a lot from them as far as the Latin side I've, I've been around some of the greats, like I said, man. Yodi Boy is one of the greats for me. I've um, been around Arcangel. Um, been around um, Alex Rose, man. Jay Alvarez. So these are some of the, some of the guys I have a lot of respect for. Uh, Soel Flotador. Yeah, I remember that name, Soel Flotador, man. Like he's that's my brother, man. Man, I'm like, sorry. That's my brother. I'm to have Mr. Flay Sue on the show, man. That's yeah, that's yeah. That's my. That's Mr. Fly is my brother, man. So, uh, like, regardless, I'm from the South and even Puerto Rico. That is, if you ask him who his brother is, he gonna say me. I'm gonna say him. So, and 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 that's and that has nothing to do with a record. Has nothing to do with business. Has nothing to do with money. He can have a hundred million dollars or he can have a hundred pennies. That's still my brother. Yeah, that's real. That's real value. That's what it is. So. So, bro, before I close out, I got to ask you, do you have any questions for me? You know, my whole thing is I try to be unique. And so this is something I added into my show. And go ahead. What are, what are, what are you looking for? Uh, what are you looking forward to for the rest of the, you know, after this, our current state, our current status is in the, in the, in the, in the country. Like, what are, you, what are your, your goals, you know, for... Your, your podcast and just for you know your career Man, what do you have coming up? podcast goes i'm trying to get it on a network i'm very blessed to have yeah. bobby d presents a part of my show bobby d oh. is uh you know snoop dogg's manager he's also the business partner with uncle snoop's army and they do a lot of events so i'm really blessed to have him a part of my show but i'm trying to elevate it i want to show them you know the values of what i'm doing can keep on growing since they've been a part of what I'm doing. And then so I'm just trying to elevate that. I had, I was having a meeting with a couple of networks and you know, with the whole pandemic, it slowed things down, but I'm not worried about it. God got me and I still got the ambition to figure things out and get it done. So that's, you know, podcast wise, uh, I'm an assistant for Marvin Gaye. You said, Bob, you said, you said Bobby, you said Bobby D? You said you were Bobby, working with Bobby D? Yes, sir. Man, I'm tr I've been trying to get with Big Slice because I always wanted a Snoop DeVille. Snoop had a Cadillac back in the day. He had a Snoop DeVille. I always wanted a Snoop DeVille. I actually, I was on a show with Snoop and Dame Dash called BT Music Moguls. Remember that show? A while uh -huh. back? Yeah. I was on that. I was on, yeah, I was on that. Yeah. I had an artist um, out of North Carolina named Joshua Gunn. And we were on Dame's episode because Dame had moved. I'm from North Carolina. Dame had moved to North Carolina uh, for a while. So uh, me and Dame live close to each other. But now that you said that, I I, I got when I come to Cali, I'm gonna get with I gotta get with Bobby D. I want to Snoop Deville, brother. Like I, I think they made maybe one or two. I want to Snoop Deville. 
even if I don't drive. <laughs> I know that's a I know that's a random world moment, but I when I saw that car, I saw Big Slice riding on that, and uh, the, and Snoop had that 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 um that uh Pontiac Cursini, that the Lakers car. That was two of the coldest cars he had, man. I want one of Snoop the Bills, man. I'm a I'm, man. I want I'm a low rider nut too, boy. Yeah, I'm a low rider nut. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, my boy Topo TS Designs. Mr. Widebody King, shout out to Topo, that's my dog. Yeah, that's, hey, a fun fact, fun fact. Uh, yeah, brother. So, yeah, bro, I'm trying to elevate that. And then I'm also an assistant for Marvin Gaye III, and I'm just trying to be oh. his wing and, and just learn as much as I can while I'm working for him. And, you know, it's his last three years. I'm not trying to put too much out there. But, yeah, it's his last okay. years in the game before he retires. And so I'm just trying to soak up as much as I can underneath him and work with my producers that I'm working with and, and just get placements oh. and good relationships. You know, that's, I'm trying to have success. I come from nothing. Like, my right. family. But you got one You got one diaper go. Hey, I appreciate it, man. That's love. Trust me. That's For sure. love. For sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm just I'm just trying to progress daily, man. You gotta have dedication to to to, to results, and you gotta progress daily from the dedication, and you gotta have determination to do it. And that's where I'm at. I'm at a wall of climbing over these barriers and trying to make things happen. Cause like, long story short, my family is very successful, but my father he ended up moving to California from Virginia and married uh, my mom, which she was a Mexican woman, and my family on the East Coast pretty much said, hey. <laughs> We're not gonna do too much with you. And then my father passes away in 1991, right. and I grew up without a dad and struggling. And so I got like everything in me, right. just haven't been able to reinvent myself so that I'm able to get it the same way they got it. And here I am today with the right. abilities and and the resources and and delivering. Yeah, I, I tell anybody, man, one phone call to change your life, man. Uh, the powerful the, the power of prayer man is real um i wouldn't be here today i wouldn't be in a position that i am today without that and i don't preach to people i don't impose my religion on anybody else whatsoever i'm speaking on me um prayer for me has, has, has worked wonders man you know testimony. um yeah speak on so it bro. testimony speak on it yeah so um but you know, being focused in this game, you know, this game is a, is a bunch of highs and lows, bro. It's a lot of disappointments. You got a lot of people that's gonna, oh, I can do this, I can do that. And and they may have good intentions, some never have good intentions and it just never happens. It never, it never, uh, it, it, it never comes to fruition. And so, you know, but no matter what, if you got that drive, if you believe, like I'm at eight years old, I knew I was gonna be, in this, I knew I was gonna be in this game some kind of way, some kind of way. I didn't know what way, but I knew wh- whatever way I was gonna be in it, it was gonna be big. It wasn't gonna be mediocre. It wasn't gonna be ground floor, no matter what anybody else said, no matter what nobody else believed. Like it was gonna be what I said it was gonna be, and it is, man. And so I, I tell you the same thing that I tell that I tell myself. In order to get the things you never had before, sometimes you got to do the things you've never done before. So if that means you're used to getting eight hours of sleep, you might need to cut, shut it down and get three hours of sleep. If you're used to working three days a week, you might want to work seven. You know, it's, it's, it's those things, man. Hey, I, may, I, sent out, I sent out tracks to an A&R, 
And a lot of guys, well, I sent the, I sent the tracks out to the AI. Uh-uh. I sent the tracks out to the A&R at 2.30. At 2.35, I was on the phone with them. Oh, man, I run into a meeting. That's cool. Check and see if you got my email. Uh, let me see. Yeah, I got the email. Play, play, you see that? The first track, play that real quick before you go. And then I end up, for the end of the conversation, I got you playing. You done played all 12 of them before they even realized they even played the first one. So it's that. You got to have that tenacity. The only time I take no for an answer is, 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 if, is if we having sex. You say no, that's it. No. <laughs> but when it comes, but when it comes to when it comes to business, all no is for me is a delay. Yes, right. I feel that. That's it. Hundred percent, bro. That, that. <laughs> That's all no is for me. No for me is not right now, but later. Exactly. exactly. So I'll call you. I'll call you back in thirty minutes, maybe an hour. I'll give you a chance to think about it. But I got the best. Yeah, you know, it's just what it is. One thing I learned in my life is I remove the excuse so when everything's going on, take that excuse out and find the reasons to get it. All I can do is get it. Let's, let's, let's do it, man. And the more the merrier, man. Like I said, produce and have to sit together, man. And I, and I tell, I tell him all the time. If he has a relationship with Jenny McCartney, or they have a relationship with a Beyonce, whatever, and you don't, don't get this ego like, nah, I'm, I'm not gonna ride their culture, I'm not gonna dick ride. That's not dick ride, that's partnering up. Use him for his relationship with Beyonce, y'all have a collab together. You are, say you may have a relationship with Roddy Rich. Now, you see what I'm saying? Yep, now how do you- Now y'all working together. One hand washes the other, both wash the face. And that's just, um, and that's the type of, of bond that I try to have. I want all the producers to have, man. Let's work together. Let's, let's work together, man. A lot of producers stop stealing beats out there, guys. <laughs> yeah, <for sure. laughs> stop stealing. I don't call a couple of them. Stop stealing beats out there. And just collab with the brother. Man, for real. Get, if get they send, if they say if they send you a collab and you never respond back and you end up producing a record that sound just like that collab, stop, bro. Man, that part right there, man. It's Contrast Cut Season Two, Episode Number Thirteen. I got, can't believe, man. I had Jake telling me Diaper Goat on the show, man. I gotta let this thing out, man. I got to, but I appreciate you, man. It's been one hell of an episode. Continue to, to pray and, and manifest greatness and work towards the goals, because that's that's what great people do, bro. So continue. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you another thing, bro. If you go on Instagram, I never show I never show my face on Instagram. That's one of the things that's like I let I let the producers and I let the company speak for itself. I never really show my I don't show my face on, on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? You are my first interview. Period. You are Diablo's first interview. That's the I said I would I, I said I wasn't gonna be out there like that, you know? And I'm still not out like that, but you know, I thought it was a, a, a great opportunity to have a genuine conversation with a genuine brother, man. And I really appreciate it, man. That's so, as we say in the South, it was a plum, pleasing pleasure and a privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that, bruh.